Can I say I'm really excited at this time of year? Because, you know, I'm one of those people, I've learned to love Christmas. Uh, it's partly through my wife. Her nickname is Mrs. Christmas. Uh, a lot of people know her as that. I've become uh, Mr. Christmas, I guess, on the back of that. But, you know, I really love Christmas. I love all the things about it. I love the traditions, the rituals, the, and the memories. Even some of our own family traditions I've just come to love which, if you know anything about my family, starts around October half-term uh, with Christmas films. Although last year, I've got to say, we actually watched Elf in August. So that was just a little bit too far for me to, to go. But Christmas, you know, it's such a special time, isn't it? I and mean, it's a time when everybody, whether they realize it or not, gets to think about, talk about, and hear about Jesus. Do you realize that? Whether you know it or not, a lot of people are talking about Jesus all over the land. So in school nativity plays, we're hearing about Jesus. In different carol concerts that are going on around the place, we're hearing about Jesus. And even in theaters, there's talk of heavenly things. Even during the mad Christmas shopping that's going on, Even during that, through the crowds, piped over the top of us, in the background, are songs about Jesus. And in our so-called secular society, we still celebrate a season that bears his name. Christ, Christ, Mass. I love that. I love the fact that Jesus is still sneaking into the world when we hardly know it, just like he did on that very first night when he became a baby and was born in a manger. I love that. But what is it all about? Because I think that even though his name might be on our lips as we wish one another, Happy Christmas... Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christ Mass. Even though his name is on our lips, I think it's a time when we can inadvertently, perhaps, make Jesus a whole lot smaller and more insignificant than he is. And so our picture, our view of God and heavenly things becomes very small. So when we think Jesus... We'll often think about this cute little baby born in a manger and the whole nativity scene with cows and sheep and shepherds, perhaps even the fleeting image of an angelic-looking child with tinsel in their hair. But is this who Jesus was? Is this why he came? What is the appropriate response to this baby in a manger? And so I want to show you today that there's so much more to Jesus than this. Because he's not just a baby. He was and he is a whole lot more than that. So today I just want to talk to you for the next 15 minutes or so about the greatness of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about the greatness of God's Son. He who became a baby but who was God in disguise. And we've heard this message already through the reading that Phil and Melina, our very own Mary with child, (laughs) gave us earlier. Let me just read it to you very quickly, just the first three verses of that reading, and it's going to come up on the screen for you so that you can follow along, because this is what I want to talk to you about. In the past, 
God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That's the Jesus I want to talk to you about this afternoon. Let me just pray. Because Lord Jesus... We're very conscious that we're talking about you today. And we don't want to talk about you as if you're not here. We want to welcome you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that even as I talk about you, even as I lift up your name in this message, that you would be glorified and that you'd make yourself known to us today. I just pray, Lord, that something of the awe of your presence will come upon us this afternoon. Amen. Well, this amazing reading, it begins with this word God. It begins with this word God. It says about this God who spoke. He says, in the past, God spoke. And God, well, this is really where the Christmas story begins. It begins with God. Now, I don't know, because I don't know everybody here, but I don't know if you believe in God or not. Well, you know, the writer here makes no attempt to argue. He doesn't try and debate it with us. He doesn't get into that. He just presumes that we already believe in God. And he says God, and he's talking about the one supreme being who created everything. He's talking about the one who is truly great, who is awesome in power, the author of life, before whom, it says in the Psalms, the mountains melt like wax that is coming. He's talking about that God. And he says, this God spoke. Because, you see, he is a speaking God. He's not silent God, who has something to say, and his words echo through all time and eternity. He speaks today and every day to every one of us in many ways. That's what the passage says. Well, how? How does God speak to us? Well, take, for example, what is all around us in creation. I mean, have you ever experienced that sense of just peace? Or that feeling of awe and wonder. Perhaps as you've looked out one evening on a clear, starry sky. Very difficult in Birmingham, Solihull, I know. But last year, we were in France, rural France. And we went out late one night, went out with the children. And I said, look, look at those stars. And for the first time, my children, who one is 16, one is 12. Is that right, Sam? Yeah. Uh, one is 16, one is 12, saw the Milky Way for the first time, and they went, wow! That's what I'm talking about. That's how God speaks. That's one of the ways that God speaks when you go, wow! So it says so in Psalm chapter 19, it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens shout out, God is here! <laughs> The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. 
Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Because we've got a God who speaks, and he will continue to do so through all generations. But his most important message has been through one person. Verse 2 of that passage that we read says that in these last days, he's spoken to us, God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. And so we see that Jesus is the message of God to the world. And it's not so much about what Jesus said, although that's very important, what Jesus said is very important, but more specifically, it's about who he was. That God speaks through Jesus. He speaks through Jesus' birth, he speaks through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, and all that he was, and then all that he said, and all that he did. Jesus is the Word made flesh. It's God speaking out loud clearly for everybody and for everything. So what is he saying? What is God saying through Jesus? Well, there are so many things, I haven't got time to go through them all today, and you're going to have to read about Jesus to find out. But let me just give you a couple of ideas. He's saying things like, God loves the world. He's saying that through Jesus. He loves what he created and all who were created. He so loves the world, in fact, the Bible says, that he sent his greatly loved son, Jesus. He so loved the world. He loves every one of us. God loves us. And if you hear nothing else today, I'd like you to take that away. Here's a takeaway. God loves you. He loves us. And then there's the fact that God came to earth as a baby. What does that say to us? Well, it says God is humble. I mean, why would God come like that? So vulnerable, so weak, so small. God is humble. And it's through this, and it's because of his love for us, that he made himself vulnerable in that way. It also tells us that he's approachable. God can be looked upon, he can be loved. I mean, who wouldn't approach a baby? Who would be scared of approaching a baby? God's saying, look, come and see, I'm here in your world. I can be found. You can come and touch me, look upon me and see me. But you see, Jesus was more than a baby. The passage goes on and describes Jesus. It says in verse 2 that Jesus whom he, that is God, appointed the heir of all things. What does that mean? Well, what it means is that Jesus, the Son of God, has inherited everything from Father God. And what that means is that everything that you see belongs to him. And also, everything that is unseen belongs to him. The galaxies belong to him, the stars, the universe, they're all his. All his creation, the earth, the skies, the seas, all of the planets, the moon and the sun, every atom, every molecule, every living thing, every inanimate object too belongs to him because God has given them to him. They all belong to Jesus. And also every human being that ever lived, lives now or ever will live, belongs to him. They all belong to Jesus. 
Because he's more than just a baby. Jesus is also the creator. It goes on to say that through God and through him, God made the universe. Through Jesus. I mean, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Jesus, who entered the world as a baby, a created human child, was also the one through whom God created the universe and everything in it. Now, I've got to say, I don't fully understand this. I can't really explain it to you. I don't even know how God did this, what method of creation he used. But that's what the Bible says. He says that God set it up that way. And all that he did, it was through Jesus. Jesus was the channel through whom God's power was communicated for the creation of everything. He was the mediator, and he still is. The one who grew up and walked on the earth as a man was also the Lord over all creation. Just think about that. Jesus was truly great, which is why when he was on earth, he could rebuke weather systems. They had to obey him. It's why when he spoke to the sea on one occasion and commanded it to be still, it had to be still. It was why fish had to jump into the nets that he told his disciples to let down. It's why bread could multiply in his hands. It's why those born blind were able to see when he touched them. Through him, the power of God for creation came to earth, and it still does. Jesus was more than a baby. He was very great. Jesus is also God in visible form. It says in verse 3 that the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. Now, God's glory, that's really his presence in visible form. So normally, God is invisible to us because he lives in a different realm, but there are times when he makes himself visible and he can be seen as a kind of a brightness. And the Bible calls that his glory. And it says here that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, which is the kind of light that emanates or beams out from a source of light, which is God. So it's like this. Now, I'm not a scientist, so this is possibly fraught with potential error, and I will be corrected, no doubt, by John Hill later on. But as I understand it, none of us have actually ever seen the sun. We've actually only seen the rays of its light, and that they are beamed to us from around 93 million miles away probably further away for us in England because we don't see it as much as other people. But in the same way, we've never actually seen God the Father, but we see him through the rays of his son Jesus, whose light beams hit earth 2,000 years ago in a Middle Eastern stable. And you see, Jesus is the exact representation of God. He's literally the imprint of the Father. It's like when you've seen Jesus, you see the Father. There's no difference. (laughs) And so Jesus says on one occasion to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because we're the same. Jesus is the Son of God, but he's not a copy of God. He is God. That's a strange concept. It's not the same for us, is it? I mean, you might look like your dad. You might sound like your dad. 
but you're not your dad. (laughs) You've got the same DNA, but you're not your dad. But with Jesus, he's one and the same person, but in a different form. And next we see that Jesus is the cosmic sustainer of everything. It says here that Jesus sustains all things by his powerful word. Jesus sustains everything. He holds everything up. He holds everything together. Now, there are massive implications for this cosmic ones. But you see, Jesus is the beginning and the end of everything. The world keeps turning because he says so. Life is sustained on earth because he wants it to be. Now, when I was growing up, and you'll tell my age from this, how young I really am, when I was growing up, the fear was about nuclear war. You know, that the world is going to end because of it. And you see, now the fear is about global terrorism or even global warming. But Jesus, it says here, he's the sustainer of all things. And so we can rest in the power and determination of his word. So the destiny of the human race and life itself is not, thankfully, in the hands of man. That's what the Bible says. Now added to this, of course, Jesus is the perfect solution for our sin. It says that after he had provided purification for our sin, he sat down. So Jesus himself provided the solution for our sin. Now what is sin? Well, simply sin is our human propensity to make a mess of things. Anybody ever mess up, ever do things wrong, not quite get it right, upset somebody? That's sin. That's that human propensity that we have. And so what Jesus says is, he says, look, I will take that. I will take that responsibility. Because of God's love for the world, Jesus says, I will take the guilt and the shame and I will exchange it for my own perfection and glory. So Jesus, by his death, became the bridge, the mediator between a holy God and sinful man by bearing the shortfall in our ability to please God. And now he's risen. And now he has ascended. And now he is glorified in heaven where he now reigns. Because the last one is that Jesus is reigning in heaven. It says at the end of the passage we've just read that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is no longer a baby in the manger. Jesus is great. He is greater and more glorious than anything we can ever imagine. He's more powerful. He's more holy, he's more wonderful, he's more perfect than anything we have ever known or ever can know. Paul writes, who wrote most of the New Testament, and he he writes in Colossians chapter 1 about Jesus, and he says that he is supreme above all powers and authorities, that he has supremacy over everything. He's beyond everything. He's far above everything. And his ways are beyond finding out. Even his thoughts are beyond our comprehension. That's the greatness of Jesus Christ. So how will you view him? You know, what is our response to this baby 
And you know, there must be a response. Even as I've been talking today, there would have been some kind of response in your thinking. You say, oh, well, this or that. There is a response. But surely, I want to say that our response, our only legitimate response, is in the words of that song that's just been sung to us. Oh, holy night, fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. Hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Jesus Christ was born. Fall on our knees. Must be our only response. Worship is our only legitimate response because Jesus is the almighty God who even now is reigning in heaven. And we dare not reduce him from this. So is your picture of Jesus big enough today? Is your picture of his greatness big enough? Jesus is almighty God. Have you grasped anything of his greatness and his majesty? Will you give him your worship? Will you fall down on your knees and worship him? Will you give him your life? And so there's some big things for you to think about this Christmas. But let's start by just worshipping him. As we sing our next carol, Once in Royal David City. Now, this is an incredibly well-known carol, and you know sometimes when you when you sing something that you've sung lots of times, you, you don't quite see all the words. But I want you to look at the words and see just how many times it affirms the fact that Jesus is not just a baby. He is so much more than that.